This is Ever Present, an Eden Project podcast, equipping you to connect deeply with God, yourself, and others. Welcome to the Ever Present podcast. My name is Duke Rivard. I'm with the Eden Project, joined by the Tin Man guys. We got Todd Wormers. We got Phil Herndon. The Tin Man guys. Yeah, oh, like, the Tin like Man that. guys. That's yeah. One. That's a good one. Love it. Uh, really excited to, to keep this conversation going with you guys. Um, there's just so many bad ideas about emotion. Mm. So we're trying to clear that up, get get clearer, and even get folks to the place where they can actually identify what's going on in their own heart so that they can show up in a relationship, have more connection with God, self, and others. And so uh, in this episode, we want to talk about hurt. Uh, we might start with you, Phil. What am I? What am I feeling as a human being when I feel hurt? Yeah, this is a really uh, like literally <laughs> illustrative one by the very name. Like everyone has an idea. A child, even even without verbal skill yet, knows what hurt is. Something is painful. That's hurt. And so the we talk about hurt in the relational world. It's like I've re- I've received woundedness around me. It's wounding to me. And I think. You let me tell a quick story here, Duke, around hurt and harm. I think it's a good place to start. Um, the shorter version of the story is um, my, when my wife was pregnant with our son, uh, we went and had a sonogram, and that, the sonogram that revealed the gender. And the uh, sonogram tech, tech said, you know, it's a, it's a boy, and I was really ecstatic. And so Sheila, my wife, did not seem as excited as I was. So I asked her, and she said, well— She's not, you know, I played baseball and she said, I'm honestly, she goes, I'm afraid that when this boy is born, if he loves books or drama or music or something other than sports or baseball, that you'll reject him. Like, that hurts so bad. But it was such a loving statement. It was a wound, but it wasn't harmful. As a matter of fact, it, it really altered the way I probably would have parented him. And he did end up playing baseball all the way through high school. He was a great player. But that's almost irrelevant to this. But this feeling called hurt is I'm in a relationship and I've received a wound. And the, and, and the writer of Proverbs talks about the wounds of a friend. Like mm. The wounds of a friend or a loving wife in this case, they're really valuable. So we need to make sure we're talking about like emotional hurt doesn't necessarily mean harm, though often it does. But okay. hurt just simply says, I'm in relationship with someone, and I've received a wound. Okay. And okay. so and one quick thing about that is is that hurt in the brain, this is crazy way that, that God has you know fearfully, wonderfully made us. It turns out that uh, think about the euphemisms we use to describe emotional hurt, slap in the face, a punch in the gut, mm. broke my heart, stab yeah. in the back. Like yeah. all those things would really hurt if someone did <laughs> them, right? And, and so it turns out they started doing these spec scans. Doctors started doing spec scans, spectrometer scans. Turns out the same place in the brain lights up when we experience emotional hurt as it does when we experience physical hurt. Wow. So the brain doesn't know a difference between the two. So it literally hurts us when we receive relational woundedness. Okay, so those metaphors, people are saying, I'm just trying to put language mm-hmm. on what it's like. Uh, yeah, you mentioned harm. So your wife's example of hurt, that was a fateful wound of a friend. What, what's harm? It sounds like there's some different intent uh, mm-hmm. that's also hurtful when we're experiencing harm. Yeah, harm is something that, that disintegrates or that pushes someone away. If I say something 
uh, hurtful to Todd that's feedback that doesn't harm him, Todd and I grow closer together uh, and go, oh, I needed to hear that feedback. Harm is I'm attacking him in order to harm him so that I can have power over him. Mm. So that's the major distinction is like who – when 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 my wife told me that she actually put herself in a far more vulnerable place than I was, I could have accused her of accusing me, could have raged at her for what do you mean, who do you think I am, those kinds of things. So she was really the vulnerable one by telling me about her fear, mm-hmm. and I felt hurt. So it would be she was not attempting to harm me, so she would have power. Okay. And she'd done that. She had said, I know what you're going to do. I'll tell you exactly what you're going to do because I know just how you are. And, and it's just started attacking that way. That would have been harmful because okay. she would have the power and we were in the car. She would have the power in the car and in the relationship. Okay. So harm is more of a bully. It's more oppressive. It's more I'm cutting you down to gain leverage mm-hmm. or to compete and win against you yes. or something of that nature. That's right. Okay. Yeah. One writer says this. I can't remember who it is, but they say, I, I believe it's a woman. Uh, either Melanie Beatty or the, the gentleman Pia Melody says this, uh, um, hurt may or may not be good for me, but harm is never good for me. Okay. Uh, when I read that, I was like, man, that is a great way to define hurt and harm. Okay. Uh, hurt will most likely be helpful for me. Harm is never good for me. Okay. It's always destructive. Mm-hmm. It's always turned down. Yeah. It's, I think this is a really helpful emotion for us to name because uh, if we've grown up in a reform tradition or we've grown up in uh, any kind of confessing community where we know we have sin and we know we have sin to own, uh, we haven't always been given a community where we can actually show up and talk about how other people's sin mm-hmm. has affected us, mm-hmm. right? The emphasis mm-hmm. is always on the individual. What mm-hmm. did you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, not what did other people do and how has that impacted you? Yes. Uh, and it hurts that emotion, at least for me, where I'm just trying, I'm taking inventory of what's it like to be in a fallen world where not only I sin, there's plenty of times I need to confess when I sin, but others are sinning too, and I'm catching collateral damage mm-hmm. in that world. Mm-hmm. And, and, just, and just naming, hey, that hurt. Um, and, it, and it seems like there was some intent. Uh, that those are the most hurtful, right? When, you, when, you, when it moves into harm, you're like, and I think you were trying to hurt me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't think you were trying to <laughs> disciple me or speak the truth in love. I think you were actually trying to harm uh-huh. me. Uh, and that's just hurtful. Right? And, and to have language to say, uh, hey, that's, that hurts. Um, but what, what's the gift of hurt? Like if, if, I, if I'm feeling that emotion and I'm going to process it in relationship with mm-hmm. God or another person, mm-hmm. I'm actually going to tell the truth about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what, what happens? What, what do I receive? What, what's, why is that a better way to live is to, you know, to tell the truth about it? Well, I think it starts with first finding out the safe people to share our hurt with. I think so often because of – how we're made, we want to run to the people that hurt us to share our hurt, but they're the ones that actually wounded us. And so we're going to the people that wounded us to try to, and the gift is to receive healing. So I think the first place is, do you have safe people that you can bring your hurt to to receive the gift of, of the healing? Um, as, you know, Chilty says, uh, all relationships bring wounds. Therefore, the only place for healing is through relationship. So, that's the gift is coming to a place of true healing. One, uh, I, th- I believe it's Dan Allender in his, in his book says this, and this is the courage that gives me the healing to keep going forward. He, he says, courage is the choice to move our hurt into community. Hmm. Um, and I think so often we in the church 
the church wounds us, and so most people been wounded by the church. They vacate the premises. It's like, man, we need the courage to move back into the yes. church to bring our hurt, so we can have healing, so they can re- really live in true, authentic community. Yeah, um, that's so good. Yeah, I think if I don't know why the Simon and Garfunkel song about I'm a rock, I'm an island, an island feels no pain. It's like this: I'm going to isolate because mm-hmm. I got I got hurt. Now I'm going to pull away from everyone because I don't want to be hurt again. And I'm hearing you say courage is saying, hey, I really was hurt, and I could be hurt again because I'm going back into the arena. I'm going back into the fallen world with, with sinners. I could be hurt again. But if I can heal from it, maybe I can realize, hey, there is hurts that will be incurred again, and there's healing that will come mm-hmm. again. And I can keep going back in the game. I can That's keep right. staying engaged in life in a broken world and not isolate That's right. and not live in, in a way that's not without without that's relationship. Right. Yeah. yeah, I have a 12-year-old, Tennyson, so I know in a few years, hopefully when she's 20, not 17, 18, I'm sure it'll be 17 or 18, but she will get in relationship with boys, and those boys are going to hurt her. Mm. And she's going to come home, and it, it, the sweet spot will be, what did Jenny, my wife, and I do with her in her hurt? We help her get to the place of healing, and that healing gives her the courage to go back out and date again. Right? If not... She'll do one or two things. She'll either not bring that hurt home, and then she'll go, she'll go out and try to heal her own hurt through more relationships with more boys and, and harm herself. Sure. Or she'll isolate from a relationship, and she'll live in our basement until she's 35 years old. And yeah. So <laughs> we want to create a home that she's able to bring that hurt home, receive the healing. Receiving the healing gives her the courage to go back out and be like, okay, I'm willing to get hurt again. Yeah. And that's, that'll be the ongoing process. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I know a key word around hurt and especially healing around it is attention. And someone just literally turning and, and in a way validating, hey, you're right. That was hurtful. Right. So maybe talk a little bit about attention and, and, and what's the difference between coming home and having a safe place where there's attentive, hey, you're right. That's, that's hurtful, that's harmful, versus a place where, hey, suck it up, buttercup. we got bigger things to worry about today than that thing that happened to you. Move on. Uh, where there's a lack of attention. There's a lack of I see that and that you matter. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe speak to attention around how do we receive others hurt. I think in the previous podcast, it's giving people a safe place to identify what they're feeling, to express what they're feeling, to explore what they're feeling. Those things, that's the places we've got to help people get to is like and bring validation to what they're feeling i think the key to all of this is like am i am i willing to receive someone else's feelings and validate what they're feeling and then help them move beyond that place that that is true attention me uh paying attention to uh the feelings of another human being yeah that's huge i've heard jeff schulte mentioned the liturgy of a band-aid with a child um, this idea that if a kid scrapes their knee, they, they've, they've been hurt. That's a minor hurt. Uh, the Band-Aid probably doesn't actually heal a scrape or a scratch, but the, the liturgy of a parent stopping what they're doing to say, you matter enough for us to do a liturgy around this hurt that you've incurred, and it's really the relationship. It's a relational repair. It's, hey, when you're harmed, there's a place you can come that people will see you mm-hmm. and acknowledge you matter and do something to address it. Um, you know, because we're not, in a lot of ways, not able to heal in the way that God heals. We're just able to bear witness. Mm-hmm. Hey, you matter, Phil. And mm-hmm. when you're harmed, that matters in the world mm-hmm. because you matter. Yes. And I can see that. And and but what's happening when that's happening? Okay. Well, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No. What's happening when when I when I come to an empathetic listener and they validate that I matter because they see the hurt and they validate it in mm-hmm. a sense. Well, the word attention means to be tended to. And so the Band-Aid is a picture of being someone tending the garden called the hurt. 
the the heart. I mean, so the, so that that attention. Todd talking about Tennyson, they're going to be tending to her like her heart is a garden. They're going to be pulling weeds out of that thing, talking about the beauty of that thing, that garden that she has inside of her. And so they're they're going to be tending to it, putting fences around it where the where the where the varmints can't get into it. And if there are varmints in there, they're going to go in there and get those varmints out of her heart. And so he's speaking beautifully about his daughter, about how you tend to the heart. And there's this beautiful picture really it, it, it's almost like a fulcrum verse in in john 16 where where jesus says in i've told you these things these things in the upper room i've told you these things that you're going to have my spirit living inside of you and and you're going to serve one another like john the upper room serve one another i'm going to be indwelling in you and he says this remarkable thing in this world you're going to be squeezed but take heart take courage what he's saying is hurt well Hmm. when this happens hurt well there's a popular word in psychology these days called resiliency and so that's what he's talking about like you will build emotional relational and spiritual resiliency if you will hurt well stay present with me and with one another like i just told you and then it flows into john 17 where where he says, this Holy Spirit is in you as you are with me and you are with each other. And then look at the epistles about how often that Holy Spirit indwelling Paul and Peter and James and Jude and these writers of the New Testament, how that indwelling Holy Spirit says, this is how you attend to one another in the body when injury occurs. So that attention there, that's a big, attention and courage are really big words to tend to that garden in your chest through in order to bring the core the french word courage where we get our word coronary Mm. to bring that heart back into things through being tended to uh, because you've 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 developed a wound and this band-aid is symbolic of the liturgy around tending to this garden inside of you where you're growing I love that. I've seen people show up with hurt in a healthy community, and the community's more upset about the hurt than the person is. Mm-hmm. So the person's minimizing a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're kind of, oh, okay, it wasn't that big of a deal. And the people are like, no, it's a huge deal, and mm-hmm. I'm really passionate. And, and I see the gift that is for the person to be able to be invited into mm-hmm. the fullness of what that was and really hear the community say, you matter a ton, mm-hmm. and someone doing that to you is not okay. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm about to drive over there and tell them what's up. You know? And that person sitting there with this experience – it's unspoken in some ways, but I think it's very embodied of, man, I, I think I do matter a ton. Yes. Um, and I can say one more example. I remember Meg Meeker's book, uh, Strong Father, Strong Daughter. Uh-huh. Uh, she talks about, it's sad and tragic, but if there's, if there's a sexual assault of a daughter and the, and the dad goes passive, mm-hmm. the dad's passivity around her hurt is almost more damaging than the yes. hurt. But if her dad's like, I'm getting in the truck and I'm going, I'm chasing that dude down. Um, that that attention and that response mm-hmm. communicates, oh, you matter a ton, and there's justice in the world. Mm-hmm. And if, if you link the podcast we've done in this series, listen to what you're describing, Duke, around an angry dad. And the need that's, that's one of the needs revealed by anger is the need for voice. And you're talking about advocacy, which means with voice. That angry father gets in that truck and he drives over there and he says to that girl, you matter to me in your hurt and i'm angry i'm gonna be real clear and move toward this solution and be a voice for you 
It's huge. Yeah, the integration, Mm -hmm. super helpful. What happens when we don't deal with hurt? Okay, so we're feeling it. Uh, We've been hurt. We we won't maybe admit it to ourselves, or we won't admit it to God or another person. What are some of the impairments? What's some of the problem with not dealing honestly with it? If you look at the word um, that describes the impairment, I'll throw it over to Todd here if this quick comment is – you look at the word resentment, which is the what happens if we don't identify it, explore it, and express it. It's, it's like we're rescinding the wound that occurred in order to have power. That's going to be a real common theme through all these feelings. And when we move over into this, what we call the column of the impairment of this feeling, what happens when we don't feel it and deal with it? Uh, it hardens into something. And if I'm hurt then I'm going to rescind that injury in order to have power over the one who hurt me. Rather mm-hmm. than the vulnerability of admission of hurt, I stay back here in this place of impairment, and I'm, I'm hurling rocks, hurt rocks, at the one who, harm, who hurt me or, or harm me. Yeah. Tell what would you have? Uh, resentment, yeah. what he said was, you know, it's the refusal of having to do relationships with, with another human being. And then when I get into a place for resentment, then I'm, I start blaming other people. Right. Blaming you for what happened to me, blaming you for my behavior after what happened to me. And it's like, well, it's their fault. It's their fault. And taking no ownership. So resentment is now casting blame, not to be in relationship with other people. And the way to stay out of resentment is not to blame anyone. It's just to simply name what happened to you, name the hurt that happened to you, to be back in relationship so you don't have the power of resentment. Resentment is a powerful, powerful Mm. place to to be in. the way my resentment works is I don't tend to go external with my resentment. I go internal mm. and I plot your demise in my head and mm. I'll wake up in the morning plotting your demise. If I see you, I'll be nice to you, your face, but I'm, I'm cutting your throat, you know, metaphorically, internally, and you have no idea. But it leaves me with the, the power of the relationship, though I'm not in relationship. Yeah. That's what resentment does for me. Wow. Yeah, resentment. People, yeah, it's cliche but people say the idea of swallowing poison and waiting for the other person to die there's something happening internally in me when i will not release you mm-hmm. i won't deal honestly with it i won't even maybe tell you that i'm hurt um i'm, I'm being impacted right mm-hmm. those people it's not neutral that mm-hmm. i'm not dealing with hurt i'm, I'm being affected uh, what happens if that resentment goes on for a long long time i mean sometimes we see let's <laughs> say a married couple that doesn't know how to deal with the hurt and the ways they've hurt one another uh and it's gone on um, what do we what do we see start to emerge in relationship when that's just going on? Todd really smoothly segued into it. It moves from resentment to revenge. And Todd said, you know, I start waking up in the morning uh, pl- uh, plotting their demise. Like, how can I devise something, <clears throat> even if I don't ever do it? People think about revenge as being an outward action. Well, when re- resentment is he hurt me, he hurt me, he hurt me, or she hurt me, she hurt me, she hurt me, which is true. It's a rescinding. Revenge is, and this is what I imagine happening to them as a result of them hurting me. Hmm. And we begin to think about other scenarios where they're embarrassed or they're humiliated or they're rejected. There have been I'm, How often have I heard and any clinician or pastor or helper or maybe even spouse or whomever hurt, I want them to hurt like I've hurt. Mm-hmm. And then if I can even the score, which we know isn't really true, <laughs> it doesn't happen, but if I can even the score through revenge, then then the scale of justice will be back in line and I can be okay, Yeah, which is the lie of that. Yeah, man, I've seen this Yeah, with the, the married couple is the classic one. Mm-hmm. They've both hurt each other, and they've 
both be- become resentful of one another. This has continued on. They both have plenty of data points for the harm that the other's done. They're mostly seeing that. And eventually it gets to the place of revenge where they're using the kids against one another. They're actively harming one another, sometimes with words, sometimes financially, or whatever. They're, they're literally starting to do actions that do become manifest uh, to, to just harm because they couldn't deal mm-hmm. with the hurt. They couldn't come back together, couldn't uh, play into it. Todd, you know, we see in the scriptures in Hebrews that uh, Jesus is a high priest who can sympathize with our weakness. Uh, what does it mean that our, our God took on flesh and he actually experienced hurt in the world so that when we come to him in prayer, uh, he knows something about that? Mm-hmm. You know, that comes to mind is the, the saying hurt people hurt people. Well, what is also true is healed people heal people, and that's what Jesus did. Jesus dealt with his hurt, but received the healing from the Father. You know, we see that throughout. You know, that is the resurrection—a healed Savior that can sympathize with all of us and brings the healing to us. And so, that's the beauty for me about Christ. It's like, man, there is a man that died for me that hurt in all the ways I've hurt, and received the healing from the Father. Now he's offering that healing back to me. That's really the way I see it uh, with, with Christ. That's beautiful. Yeah, and, and even as you're saying that, Todd, I'm thinking, like, you know, the gospel is so much more than a transaction. It's, it's, it's certainly a, an atoning event that brings me into communion with God, but then I can keep coming back to the high priest again and again throughout my life as I hurt, <laughs> and in many different ways, big and small, uh, over and over, and he's always there, always attentive, always knowing exactly what it's like, and able to heal. A great physician. How does the gospel relate to hurt? I mean, I'm thinking about uh, forgiveness versus unforgiveness, right? I mean, the, the gospel speak directly to that. Um, how do we see the gospel informing our hurt and, and, and what we do to process that in relationship? Yeah, the, the, the gospel as a whole, uh, if you look at across the epistles, not just the gospels, but the epistles that come the, the New Testament— uh, you see over and over and over the writers, obviously Paul mainly, who wrote most of the letters, saying in in all different kinds of bear with one another, be patient with one another. Why do you have quarrels among you because you lust after power? In James, you know, all these – the gospel as a whole covers the main talking point around life in the body is do hurt well through forgiveness through forbearance, through patience, through remembering the one another's, through all these by serving, like all, all these different examples, we don't often, the word's not spoken directly, but, you know, the, that, that scene where Peter has denied Christ three times, and we don't know because it doesn't say, but when he saw Jesus looking at him, he said he wept bitterly. So we know he was sad. He was grieving like crazy, but you can't imagine looking at the one that you know loves you like no other ever could love you. He, Peter was a believer. He believed this is God in flesh. This is the Son of God. And what I have done, and he looks in this, the hurt he must have seen on Jesus' face. And so it's a very human feeling that is kind of embedded in a lot of the one another's. What you find at the core of that is you're going to hurt one another, and sometimes you're going to harm one another. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, remember all these one another's that the gospel says we are to live in the body together with. Yeah. I love that. That's so helpful. As we wrap this up, I'm just thinking about a community or a family that can do hurt well. Um, One of the gifts of that is we can do relationship 
over long periods of time. Mm -hmm. We can actually stay connected, even as sinners who are going to harm one another. We can actually come back together. You mentioned faith and courage. I can I can go back into the relationship uh, with with some hope that even if it goes sideways again, I've got the ability to be healed. I've got the ability to receive what I need, mm -hmm. the attention I need from someone. Uh, and so uh, it's it's the difference between long term deep relationships versus the picking up stakes. And I've got to always pick up and move. A little bit further away, find another church, find another community, maybe even find another spouse, mm -hmm. right? Because yeah. that last one, man, they were just effective. <laughs> they they sinned against me, and it's like they totally did. Uh, and the next one's going to. Oh, yeah. And so, if we don't learn how to deal with hurt, we just are never going to have that long and deep relational experience mm -hmm. that we were created for. Uh, so it's it's a huge gift to to know what to do uh, and to be able to walk into relationship uh, with the gift of hurt. So thank you guys for clarifying that. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Ever-Present Podcast. If this resource has been helpful to you, we would ask that you share it with your friends. Leave a comment on the podcast platform and help get this resource into the hands of other people. If you want to reach out to us, you can always email us at podcast at edenteam.org. And now as you go throughout the rest of your day, just remember that God's posture toward you is strong, persistent, and positive. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.